Welcome to episode 59 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy is a podcast about people in Canadian theatre. If you'd like to be a guest on Stageworthy or just want to drop me a line, you can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at StageworthyPodcast.com. If you like the podcast, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use, and consider leaving a comment or rating. Kate McKim is a reviewer and blogger writing about theatre and culture at Life with More Cowbell. We sat down last month to talk about her journey from theatre student to reviewer and what she loves about the theatre scene in Toronto. Okay, uh, the blog is uh, Life with More Cowbell. Yes, that's right. So, and that's that's a, a sort of an arts blog, reviewing theater. Are you promoting theater, reviewing theater, doing the whole... Uh, reviewing and promoting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I'm, I don't set up to be a critic so much as, <laughs> as a, uh, someone shouting out the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main focus is theater, local Toronto theater. Yeah. Uh, I also do a bit of uh, music and literary arts okay. and visual arts, hmm. but theater would be yeah. Theater is the main the yeah, main focus. The main focus. Yeah. Um, what was the impetus to start doing that? Was there something that made you want to do that? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, when I was with Alumni Theater uh, a while back, mm-hmm. uh, they decided they were going to set up a blog and okay. promote their stuff more on, on social media, etc. And uh, the blog was set up, but no one was really taking care of it. So uh, I approached Tina McCullough, who was the marketing and uh, you know marketing promotions manager. Yeah. And I said, "Hey, like you know, let me take a crack at it." At it. Mm-hmm. And basically started off by blogging um, about alumni's productions, and uh, I was also writing for the newsletter at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and then it kind of expanded from there that, you know, a lot of people at alumni or who, who do shows at alumni are also doing other shows, so it might be interesting mm-hmm. to include that as well and, you know, and, and create a little connection and, and goodwill among our, you know, fellow non-professional community theater companies. Because yeah. there's a lot of crossover, you know, with mm-hmm. alumni and village and east side yeah. and amicus, etc. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I did that for a couple of years and then... Um, Came came time for me to uh, leave alumni, and I decided, you know, I wanted to do something else, just kind of pursue more mm-hmm. of my own work and and get out actually and see more you know, performing arts around the city. Right. Uh, but I had found I found that I was I was so uh, taken and bitten by the blogging bug. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I need to start my own blog. So there was a bit of a, a six month overlap period mm-hmm. where I was blogging for alumni, and I started life with more cowbell. Were you writing separate separate pieces, or were you cross-posting? I was doing a bit of cross-posting, mm-hmm. but I was also writing some separate, starting to write separate pieces as well. That okay. took a little while to kind of sort out. Yeah. Um, it was a bit challenging that way, and just kind of, you know, time-wise as well. But, uh, yeah, in the end, uh, yeah, sort of had it up and running, and it'll be six years in <clears throat> January, I believe. That's a good since run. Since I've had it up That's and running, run. yeah. Now you sort of made a distinction just a, a couple minutes ago, sort of like not saying that you're saying that you're not a critic. Um, 
do you how do you see the work that you do um, once you've seen a show it's not a review it's not criticism is it just shouting out good work is it calling out like well, how do you how do you look it's, at it uh, I, I would say it's like I, w- I would call it kind of friendly experiential review mm-hmm. it's like like if your friend went to see the show okay. and even if you went to see that show with them obviously everyone's going to take away something different or, or something is, is going to you know capture their imagination yeah. maybe in a different way so my, I, I find uh, when I went and wrote the blog I, I wanted to be a combination of talking about the show and, and what the show's about mm. and who's working in it but but also focusing on the positive mm. focusing on what's positive of the show and, and promoting the show mm. and that and that more or less came out of my work at Alumni because right. my work as the blogger there was kind of like yeah, you're you're blogging to you're promoting. help promote the show. You can't, you can't right? promote the show by so, being negative. Yeah. So yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's that kind of a crossover between review and and public mm-hmm. relations, I guess you mm-hmm. would call it if you wanted to go with the more traditional terms. Um, do you all? I suppose you always try to find a positive in something that you're writing about, or like, yeah, yeah. I, I I mean, and that's that's one of the things that kind of sets me apart mm-hmm. from the critic is that. Yeah, if there was something that maybe necessarily didn't work for me, I'm not really going to mention it, mm. or um, I'm not going to make a big deal about okay. it uh, because it's because it is more about shouting out the yeah. work. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean there are a lot of people who who do criticism, and and there's you know there's space for that, and mm-hmm. people look to them for advice yeah. and uh, and and respect their opinions. There are critics in the city that I really expect respect the opinions mm-hmm. of. Um, yeah, but for me, just uh, from a personal kind of you know stance, I like to I like to focus on the positive mm. stuff because there's always going to be something good, mm. even if a script didn't necessarily work for me yeah. or maybe a performance didn't necessarily blow mm. me away. There's always going to be something, um, whether it's the ensemble, whether it's one particular performance design. Mm. That's that's I mean that's a really positive and, and I think rare attitude because I know I've come out of some stuff uh, that I did not enjoy and just like and one of the reasons uh, like just I, that I focus on that I find I get like stuck on these things that I didn't enjoy it's hard for me to just say, okay yeah but that work was good right right but I can get on a rant about the stuff that that I that maybe didn't work for me right. is that, do you, are you ever like how do you keep from from like if something really sort of got on you the wrong way, do you have any, is there any way that you keep yourself from like ranting that? Or do you write like, a, a, is there a shadow review of anything that's like your rant and then you get rid of that? And now uh, you've done that and no, you can actually that's a good idea though. Uh, I often wonder what, what my alter ego would write mm-hmm. <laughs> in cases yeah. like that. Um, more or less, I, I, yeah, I will just kind of not mention it. I may mm-hmm. have private conversations Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. with somebody, you know, with my friends, or if someone happened to go with me that yeah. night. But uh, but by and large, and and also too, I mean, I'm I'm self selecting these shows. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not getting sent out by no. You're going to the, the head that of you the want department. To see. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I mean, sometimes I'm going to you know unknowns because mm-hmm. over the years since I've been doing the blog, I've been I've been getting a lot more invitations to mm-hmm. stuff, and and in some cases that it's a new company or somebody I'm not familiar right. with and uh, so so in that case it's kind of like yeah I'll go yeah. and in that case it's like 
kind of going in blind because you're not you don't yeah. know what you're going to get. But the thing is, with this city, um, we've got this embarrassment of riches, and there is just so much good stuff. We really do. Like it's it's almost a problem that we have is we've got so much good stuff, and the and the real problem is not that the good stuff exists, but the problem is the good stuff getting its audience because there are some yeah. people doing some fine work yeah. that just cannot seem to break through the noise yeah um and it's, that's why it's great that, that something like life with more cowbell exists yeah and and it's and that's part part of kind of my I guess, sort of kind of unspoken written mandate is yeah yeah i mean i'm not just covering um professional theaters i'm going out to community theaters on mm-hmm. you know non-professional theater groups yeah. um people that won't necessarily get reviewed anywhere mm-hmm. else are getting reviewed by the bloggers you know well, actually, you know, people I'm like finding, me and Mooney on theater yeah. are going out and they're and they're covering. You know, I'm finding that it's it's hard. Like, if you're an ind- independent theater producer, the blogs are are the most important thing for you because the star is not coming. The Globe and Mail is probably not coming. The Sun goes to like three theaters total if they yeah. do anything at yeah. all. So you're not the print is not there, and so like you, the blogs are where you have to go if you're if you're producing, and they do they do they do a great yeah. service. Um, although like I, I remember a couple of times uh, there was I remember oh I was doing a show and this guy came from Mooney and apparently his whole thing was that he like wanted like he his whole thing was like he had followers who wanted to hear his bad review because he reviewed everything poorly, oh, and so he was like wow. my job is to write a bad review and I'm gonna lace into it. Wow, so he sounds like he's totally like my nemesis. Yeah, he's, like he's totally the, the he's opposite totally the of me. <laughs> he's totally the anti-cowbell. Anti- yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, what, wow. Uh, the, thing, the thing that I, like, I had a podcast a few years ago similar to this one. And uh, at one point I approached, I, I, I started, uh, I approached uh, the Toronto Fringe and wanted to be accredited as media. Um, and then I felt, because of that, I felt like I should review things. And so what I would do is I would go to see a show and I would sit down with the person that I saw it with right after and we'd talk about the show. But I I was uncomfortable with that. And I was uncomfortable with that probably in the same way that that, that, that for the same reason that that, that you take the the approach that you do with your blog. Because I would see something and I would talk about all of it, like what I liked, what I didn't like. But in a way, I've never considered myself to be a, a critic or a reviewer. I was uncomfortable with that aspect. I like to talk to people about their process, and I like to talk to people about how things work. But I don't want to talk about the show, especially if I didn't if I didn't enjoy it. You know, right? right. So I stopped. I just stopped that. Um, did, when you, it, I guess, I guess, like the way the approach that you take on life with more cowbell, since it came from the way that you write from for alumni. Um, do, do you ever have debates with yourself about about how you're going to write a particular review? Do you do you sit down and and sort of like I'm not even sure like how many like what kind of notes you're taking? Do you take notes at a show or do you just like let it during the show? No, because no. I like to I like to stay mm. present and I find and I know some people like to take notes. Like everybody's got their own way yeah. of dealing, right? For me, I find um, a my eyesight is not great in the dark, mm-hmm. and, and and B I, I find uh, if I tried to take notes it's kind of like when you're on vacation and you're taking photos of stuff yeah. 
And you have that moment where, like, you're so busy taking photos of stuff that you're yeah. not really present and noticing what's going yeah. on yeah. around you know, around you. And and for me, watching a piece of theater, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, I just want to be there and experience it and and feel it and whatever and think about it. Uh, and then afterwards, like, or during intermission, if there is an intermission, mm-hmm. I will start scribbling notes. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll start notes before the show, like if there's some particular design element mm. that strikes me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I'm uh, especially for the you know the one act plays. I'm, yeah. I'm scribbling notes on the TVC on the way home. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, it's yeah. Always, I mean, having somebody with a notepad changes the room. Yeah, like. If the actors can see it, it changes it. If the, even if the audience can see and it, people the around can't. you, yeah, because it's like I'm thinking it might be distracting for it's others distracting too, for right? Like it's like, oh, there's a critic, yeah, and there's a critic watching. It changes this. the mood of the room, it, yeah. just in this way that's almost indescribable. I had a guy sit in the front row while he was taking notes and reviewing my show. Oh, at one point, wow. and I was just like, you fucking dick. Wow. Like, that's a dick move, but you know, like so, yeah. Take notes if you Take need to, but don't be sitting in the front row. row. Don't be, sit in the be front discreet. Row. Exactly. You know? Yeah, but most of the people exactly. I've seen taking notes are actually pretty good about. Yeah, most people are. Being most discreet. people sit like where they where they where they really can't be seen. Yeah. But uh, you know, some people uh, are not. Don't think about that. Yeah. Um, now your background uh, in theater. I mean, obviously, you have an affinity for theater yeah. um, because that's your primary goal. Like where you write from in uh, on Life with More Cowbell. Um, or you mostly mostly cover theater. Yeah. Um, what what is it that drew you to theater in the first place? What's your theater background? Oh God, my theater background starts uh, you know weekend mornings mm-hmm. with the dress up box of old <laughs> clothes, uh, reenacting you know mm-hmm. our favorite television mm-hmm. shows or novels or making things up, playing dress up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, first actual play I did I think was maybe in grade 8 mm-hmm. some you know Christmas holiday theme show mm-hmm. we put together um, and then in high school I did some I did some shows uh, we did you know Diary of Anne Frank mm-hmm. and Up mm-hmm. and Down Staircase and yeah. oh and I did I was I actually saw uh, a few days ago the, the original film version of The Odd Couple and I, that brought back oh, fond memories right. of doing yeah, that yeah, show yeah, yeah. in high school where, where did you where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Burlington, and I went to high school in Hamilton. Okay. I went to uh, Cathedral Girls High School mm-hmm. back when it was uh, that girls' school, boys' school. Okay. Um, since amalgamated, okay. sometime in the '90s, at some point. But uh, yeah, I uh, I never actually took theater classes mm-hmm. in high school, but I I did theater. Um, I took art class, mm-hmm. music class. I played in the school concert. Did band. they have theater? Did they have like a theater arts? There the was a theater arts mm-hmm. class. Um, I don't know if I went all the way through to grade 13 mm. at that point, but, uh, yeah, I just went out on audition for plays yeah. and, and did it that way. Mm. And then um, when I was looking at applying for universities, I was kind of torn between do I want to major in visual arts or do I want to major in theater? I ended up uh, applying to York for both, mm-hmm. and then I also applied to a couple of other universities for visual arts. Um, got accepted for visual arts, so I ended up doing my BFA Mm-hmm. in visual arts at York but still in the back of my mind there was always that I really still want to do theater mm-hmm. school so uh, took a year off worked made some money uh, I, I, in the meantime I had joined Burlington Little Theater so I was doing everything from you know props to mm-hmm. acting to doing yeah. workshops 
And uh, then I applied to Ryerson National Theater School, George Brown. Uh, mm-hmm. George Brown took me, so yeah. I went with it. And uh, I was actually fortunate to be the first class that got a third year. Oh, okay. when I applied, it was originally only a two-year program. Okay, so you were there probably just before I was. Um, the warehouse 86 to 89, yeah. The okay. little, okay. little warehouse, little I was two-story, in, I came in in tiny like, space. Uh, I think I started in like uh, September of 89, so you would have probably just finished. Yep. Yeah. Before I came in, um, yeah, in the old, uh, in yep. the old warehouse, the little no black longer, house, the little no black box there. theater. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a condo now. Yeah, <laughs> it is in fact a condo. <laughs> yeah. It is in fact a condo. Uh, Heiner Piller and and uh, Peter Wild. And Peter Wild, yeah, yeah. Although um, they didn't audition me, actually, mm. Joe Shaw okay. auditioned me, uh, and yeah, I didn't mean I didn't meet Heiner, Heiner and Peter mm. until the first day of class. Mm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we were we were the firstborn right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. of that administration, yeah. and, and with the third year, yeah, and second year, they called each one of us in the office and said, "Hey, we're thinking about doing a, a third year." Oh, would, so when you joined, you guys, it wasn't, it wasn't a second. Come? Oh, okay. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, we started mm-hmm. off, I think, with 24, and mm-hmm. we ended up with 16. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Time, but yeah. Now, uh, did, was Peter still doing the, uh, the Zone of Silence? That he was <gasps> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zone of Silence and Period Study. Uh-huh. Yeah. We did an Elizabethan Jacobean we, we did. Study. We were Restoration in our <laughs> Oh, nice. I think I might have seen you guys, actually. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my class was uh, Robbie Clark, Jacqueline Francis, uh, Peter uh, Eric okay. Royal. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just saw Jacqueline in uh, in uh, Measure for Measure. Oh uh, yes, yeah. I missed that. Yeah, she was that so looks good. like such, she's looks so like good. such a good. It project. was uh, one of those interesting stagings. That's like um, first off, all women. Yep. Which uh, always adds a little element of you have to make a decision when you do that. Like, are you women or are you men? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that are you going to play this as all women yeah. and like just stepping into this part? Or yeah. Are you going to be a woman playing a man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, they, did, so they how made, did they do? They it? made the decision they were all women. Wow. Okay. Even if the pronouns didn't change, I think they they very clearly made the choice they were all women. Nice. Which makes uh, for some interesting scenes if you know the play. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know it well, but no. Yeah. Well, that's because it's one of those ones that's that's so seldom. Yeah, it performed get, yeah, it that it's well. not one that we all know off the top. So, which is kind of a joy to go and see, because I don't know how many more Scottish plays or how many more Romeo and Juliet's I have in me. Yeah, or Hamlet. Or sorry. Hamlet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although, although I do, I am a sucker for Hamlet and mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, and I love seeing the variations. See, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for not for <laughs> Hamlet. I'm a sucker for for Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Like if you put that on, I am yeah. I'm there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm totally there. I've only seen that once live. It was when I was at York mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of the theater. Mm. I think I think I think it was like an indie production too. Just a bunch of the theater students mm. put on just at York. And, yeah, at yeah. York. Nice. And uh, mm. yeah, it was really good. I think they did it in uh, Bethune College in a space okay. in there someplace. Nice. But yeah, yeah, it was wow. really good. Um, yeah, it's. So when you when you graduated from from George Brown, because I could always I mean I can George Brown we can always like reminisce about all the things <laughs> yeah. you know in that way. Um, when you graduated, did you like what what were you thinking about as your as your path? Did you and how have you how has that deviated from what you expected at the time? Oh wow! Uh, 
Well, it's deviated a great deal. Um, my, my path at that time was I wanted to be a Canadian actor mm -hmm. working in Canada. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to work in all media. Mm -hmm. like I, I didn't want to just focus on theater or one thing or whatever. I yeah. you know, wanted to do it all, you know, commercials, TV, film, yeah. you know, whatever, voiceover. Mm -hmm. um, what ended up happening is um, a lot of the work I did post-theater school was either non-paying or collective theater mm -hmm. and non-union voiceover, Yeah, which still paid pretty well. Um, not mm -hmm. as great as union, but, mm -hmm. but still paid pretty well. Um, after about 14 years of doing that and having, you know, part-time jobs in the phone room, doing telephone surveys and mm -hmm. such, um, I kind of came to a crossroads and, and made a decision that, yeah, you know what, it's time to go do something else. Mm -hmm. uh, in the meantime, I had... Um, shifted from doing you know phone room work mm -hmm. uh, with with market research into copy editing and proofreading okay. and so at that point I shifted into being a professional copy editor okay. and proofreader and uh, oddly enough along the way um, I was actually just laid off my full-time job back in May mm -hmm. but along mm -hmm. the way because I had this background in theater and the background in voiceover mm -hmm. uh, when the company decided to incorporate an in-house IVR service, mm -hmm. uh, the, the automated telephone poles. Yeah. Um, they basically came to me and said, "Hey, we're going to set up this, set this up, and you know, you know, we, you know, mm -hmm. you like, you know, to do the voices for this." Yeah. And, uh, and 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 oddly enough, they're my biggest uh, freelance client right now. <laughs> uh, so I'm still getting copy editing and voiceover work nice. with them. And uh, I've actually gone back into trying to find an agent again mm. now to do voiceover work nice. because I, I, you know, I had kind of forgotten about how much. Right. I love doing it. Yeah, and uh, it's amazing. It's, yeah. It always interests me because I know. I mean, I left the industry for about four to five years. Uh, like I stopped doing any theater, and I've spoken to some other people who who've done that. Right. And you can forget for a while what it's like to do it, like how much you enjoy it, yeah. until you just get that you just get that that taste of it, and then all of a sudden you become ravenous for it again. Yeah. Yeah, and there were periods of time when I didn't do theater at all, like, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and then got back into it. And even after I had stopped pursuing it as a profession, you know, I did some shows at alumni, mm -hmm. um, and, and now and then I'll still go out and audition for something if there's something yeah. that I think will be a good fit. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's something that you know you can I, I can always take a break from, but mm -hmm. I can't always mm -hmm. necessarily. Uh, Quit. Well, obviously you can't, <laughs> you can't quit, leave it behind because of because of the blog it keeps you it yeah sort of keeps you going yeah yeah exactly. Um, when you started the blog, did it take a while before you started getting invited to things that you have to try to ask your way in, or did did people find their way to you? Uh, yeah. Um, at first, uh, I was covering like a lot of alumni stuff. Um, community theater stuff mm -hmm. and uh, in many cases not hadn't gotten on media lists yet so I was, I was you know paying my way into oh, stuff right. okay. too but as as uh, things got going uh -huh. and, uh, and I think it really I think it really maybe have, have kicked in a few years ago when I applied for uh, fringe media accreditation mm -hmm. Because I was going to Fringe and I was covering Fringe and I had been doing it and I thought, yeah, you know what? I've been covering it for a while. I've, you know, I've sort of, you know, hopefully proven my chops yeah. that 
I've established myself enough. So I applied and I applied for SummerWorks and I was accredited mm-hmm. and um, and then yeah between word of mouth and um, and I guess just kind of getting to know more people yeah I started getting more invites getting on more media lists mm-hmm. on public you know public relations folks yeah. media lists and uh, yeah it's gotten to the point where uh, again embarrassment of riches and you know plus working during the day. Yeah. I can only book so much during the week, so um, I've unfortunately had to had to pass on regrets. In I, some know, cases, I know, I know, I know. That's like there's only so much you can do in a week. I know for me, like I can, I can always find somebody to go with me to stuff. Right. But you know, after a day of, of work, I, I don't always have the the juice to go and see another thing and yep. things like that. Also, my partner Sarah uh, would love to see me. Now and then, and if I was to go to <laughs> exactly. everything that came my way, I what's would What's in a your friends and family want to <clears throat> exactly, see you. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, what's, what's up with that? Um, is there anything that you can point to as, like, that your greatest joy in doing this, doing the blog? Is there, uh, what is it that's your favorite part of, of it? Are there moments oh, that really wow. stand out for you? Um, just seeing some just really great work. Mm-hmm. There's, like, constantly being surprised at this the abundance of not only you know, you know great playwrights in the city but mm-hmm. just amazing performances mm-hmm. um, getting to meet and 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 even in some cases interview playwrights and actors mm-hmm. which I, I want to try and get to do more of because I really enjoyed that as well mm-hmm. um, yeah and just and, and talk about the work and what makes them tick and 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 the neat subject matters they find yeah. to write about and perform um, that's really cool, and it's also really cool to hear because it's not always apparent when you know when you're writing stuff. Like, is this actually helping the production? Mm-hmm. Like, and people yeah. are always really great and mm-hmm. and 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 sending me a little thank you tweet or a right. thank you email or whatever for coming out, and and that's always really nice. But it's, but it's really cool when when I hear things like, oh, you know, after your review came out. Mm-hmm. We saw people, you know, started showing up nice. more, yeah. like stuff like that. Yeah. Was great, like to hear that. It's like mm-hmm. that that it's actually, you know, helping out and making yeah. a difference. When, when, in, in terms of like interviewing playwrights and, and and things like that, is that something like have you you haven't have you done much of that? Is that something that I've done a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's usually sort of I, I usually try to do it in conjunction with. Uh, they've got something opening so right. either an actor or a playwright mm-hmm. has something coming up um, and uh, or, or you know same with an author yeah. an author's got a book launch coming up or you know music. Yeah. in some cases I'll even interview a musician they got a, a tour coming up sure. or whatever yeah. um, mostly over email because trying to schedule stuff with some folks can get nuts so yeah, <clears throat> yeah we'll just kind of email back and forth and in some cases I'll be interviewing two in some cases three mm. people and have to kind of edit it back together again oh, yeah. if they weren't sitting yeah. in the same room res- responding yeah but uh yeah i think uh yeah i definitely want to do more of that because it's it's always interesting to hear about people's process and mm. people's inspiration I, I i know exactly what you mean uh just just from doing this and 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 hearing from from people who are making stuff yeah about you know what it is that Draws them to the subject matter that they're that they're talking about. Um, I can I can I can also tell you that I know that you know getting people like to actually meet with people. I love sitting down with people, but 
it, it can be difficult to get people to scheduling. To, to, yeah, scheduling can yeah. be very difficult. Yeah. Um, I have often enjoyed when somebody has a publicist who can say, "All right, at this time you're going to be here." And they're like, yes, at this time I would be there. And then because the publicist told them to, they're there. It's a little more right. difficult when you're, like, talking with people. And he's like, so what day is good for you? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, um, uh, is there is there somebody that you've, that you've spoken to that's, like, one of your favorites that you've, uh, you've like, interviewed? Oh, in wow. Wow. Um. Jeez, it's actually been a while since I've done any interviews, but um, yeah, I guess my most recent interview, or one of the most recent interviews, was with uh, Andrea Scott, mm-hmm. uh, her Mata Hari play. Okay, yeah. Uh, Don't talk to me like I'm uh, your wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just talking about uh, the process and, and how she became inspired by yeah. this person, like writing, you know, and writing a play about mm-hmm. an actual you know person who existed in, mm-hmm. in history, and quite an infamous um, history. That was really cool. Just just hearing uh, hearing her process, yeah. and, and and the whole just excitement around this is a production that's coming up. It's a production that's coming to SummerWorks. You know, she had the Indiegogo campaign yeah. going. And so yeah, so there was uh, there was a whole community and a whole village kind of mm. gathering around mm. the creation of this piece, and that was really cool. I love I love when I see that happening. I love the the, the community because one of the things that I've often felt in the theater community is there there's a, we talk about the theater community, but there isn't really one. So I'm always I always enjoy I always like to see when when that community when people can come together. Yeah, there are some events that I've, I've really you know the the Toronto Cold Reads and Sing for Your Supper at, at Storefront. Oh yeah, I like these these opportunities for people to come come together and read some new stuff and like get a bunch of people who do theater into a room for a period of time, which is one of those things yeah. that that we don't do very often. Um, <clears throat> in terms of the like in, in is there for people who are thinking about doing publicity and trying to get reviewers and kind of get people to see their shows are there things that you the you not not generally but you look for in a, in a press release things that are that they should do things they shouldn't do is there anything in particular that you're looking for when people are are sending oh, stuff wow. to you hey, well wow, that's a really good question um well yeah obviously just you know, general information about the who's the who what and the where's um yeah if there's any interesting kind of historical tidbit or any kind of interesting maybe perhaps there's a bit of inspiration Mm -hmm. from the playwright or if it was inspired by a true event Mm -hmm. um things like that are always really cool to see um I also really like it when they uh, include the creative team, mm. which is cool because you know it takes you know a village to yeah. make a production, and everybody's job is integral to making this production work. Yeah. So yeah, and I really enjoy that you know having having kind of worked both sides of the uh, of the stage, yeah. working backstage, and you know mm. having been a scenic painter and a, and a props person myself. Yeah. It's always really cool to see who's who's behind the scenes yeah. putting it together. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond the press releases, um, I know I'd like to see programs that have, you know, 
solid breakdowns of characters and who the actor mm-hmm. is playing that character. Yeah. And some, most, in most cases, you do see those, but every once in a while, um, you maybe get you know some bios of the actors, but not necessarily yeah. a full breakdown of what's mm-hmm. going on. So that can be like a little extra work, kind of going back and uh, making notes, or going back to maybe the board and the lobby, yeah, and figuring yeah. out who's who, because um, you want to be able to like name name characters by name, of and, course, and and obviously make sure you attribute the correct actor to the correct that's, that's, character. And, that's that, and I have actually that has kind of backfired on me a couple of times. I think it was New Ideas. I actually you know mixed a couple of people up, and, <laughs> and and one of the actors you know kindly you know sent me a little tweet. Mm-hmm. Letting me know, so I went back and fixed it. Yeah, yeah. Always happy to do like have a little is, department is, of corrections and go back and fix something. <laughs> that is one of the things that you have as an advantage being in a in a, in a web based medium is that you can correct exactly that day in a way that somebody who's in print can't exactly. Um, just to go back to the press release for a second, I know from and this is this might be one of those selfish questions that I sometimes ask, but it's just a matter of when you're putting together a press release. One of the things that everybody's got in their head that it has to be one page. So you're trying to figure out how much to how much to put in, and you want to put uh, in all yeah. of the you want to put in the who and the what and the this and the that, but then you also have to figure out like how to fit in uh, enough about the show itself to be interesting and to draw somebody in. Right. I know a couple of times I know I've I've seen some press releases and I've created some press releases that are so caught up in the the minutia of the like the the important like who what where. And these people are involved, and then I'm out of room on my one page. Right. Oh, for your synopsis yeah. and stuff. Yeah. 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 I I mean, personally, I don't mind mm. if a press release goes over into two pages. I mean, I know, I guess the standard rule of thumb is you mm-hmm. try and make it as short as possible. Um, there again, I mean, yeah, personal preference. Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't go past two pages, yeah. that's fine. I mean, I like to see a good, a good, clear, mm-hmm. brief synopsis. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting kind of, um, you know, tags maybe pulled, like a quote pulled from right. from the play uh, mm-hmm. are, are always kind of neat and eye-catching. Or, um, or in some cases, even, you know, bits pulled from previous reviews yeah that that's actually one of those questions where I've never been sure if that's something you would include in a press release like if you're sending it out to people who may may potentially review you are you sending reviews I guess you can because I've seen a few that, that do but I always sort of feel like if I'm sending this to somebody who's going to review the play do I am I trying to give them the heads up to be predisposed to like my play because of things that other people have written right yeah well I get- <clears throat> I guess yeah. If you are doing a remount, doing yeah, including mm-hmm. little like little tags mm-hmm. and little bits from previous reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't mind seeing stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, I won't when I'm out at say Fringe or when I know I'm going to see a show. So I'm not going to read other people's reviews before right. I go see the show. Yeah, I'll you know I'll maybe go to them afterwards. But yeah, I don't want to be you know reading a full review yeah. of something that I'm going to see. And I generally I don't hang out and talk to people afterwards mm. I mean, partly because I need to get home and make my notes right. um, especially if it's like a late night on a weeknight but also partly because I just like I need to kind of get in my head and then get it on paper of course yeah <laughs> and you, can't, uh, you don't want to and wanna, not be yeah. kind of influenced or having kind of like background noise or mm-hmm. outside noise kind of seeping in it's interesting because to to think about about 
you know, from the performer's point of view, like I think about it as I come out of the, I come out of a show from a performance, and I want to see who's there. But as a reviewer, you can't let any of that post-show euphoria that might be going on there affect you, what you might be saying. Right. And also, that's going to take time away from you getting those notes down, so you can write your review. Um, do you do you sometimes feel a little separate from the theater community because of that? Because uh, of your your the, the way that you have to deal with. The... Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, um, yeah. I certainly don't don't hang out for like open night parties anymore like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, I will like if I have a good friend in the show or who's a playwright, I will stick around for a moment and mm-hmm. congratulate them. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, I think people are pretty understanding of that that they know that I've got to like yeah. get out and go off and mm-hmm. you know and do my thing and, and, and write stuff down. Um, so yeah, I do kind of miss that a little bit. Not you know kind of having to uh, kind of absent myself mm-hmm. from that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, at least during Fringe, you know, you can always go hang out at the Fringe tent at various points during, you know, during the, you know, during the 10 days or whatever. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, like, right after a show, but no. at some but point, it's, so it's, I can, you know, connect available. with people it's available socially. There. Yeah. yeah. I, I, fringe tent is always one of those things, because I always sort of feel like... Um, and this is so weird because I've been on both sides of being some, somebody who's in the fringe and somebody who's not. And when I'm not somebody who's in the fringe, I almost feel like that's not for me. Ah, and that's, that's not an act. Like it's no, nobody has, has made that a thing. Right. But somehow I feel like if I'm not, if I don't have a show, that the, the fringe tent is for people who do have shows. So you're feeling like it's like kind of a green room space yeah. almost? Or like, like, yeah, it's sort of like, like a post-show green room space. And right. I know that's not the intent. Right. And I, I think, you know, maybe eventually they'll find some way to make it more welcoming. But I know that if I was not involved in theater at all, I would not find that a welcoming space. Just because wow. of the... It seems so inside baseball. Right, if you're you're seeing all uh, these actors yeah. talking to directors, talking right. to, to people, and talking about all these things, and and there doesn't seem to be a space for somebody who's just like getting a drink and saying, "I really liked you at the show." Everybody seems to there's the, the schmooze. Right, fest right. Thing there, yeah, there on. is there is that for sure. Yeah. But the the thing I find about going to the fringe tent is I could be going there by myself mm-hmm. after seeing a show, or you know, having have a big break in between shows. And invariably, I was always running to somebody mm-hmm. I know, mm-hmm. whether it's you know an actor or a director or a playwright mm-hmm. or whatever. And um, you know whether we hang out or not, or if it's just a quick hi or whatever, or you know yeah. we chat in the beer line. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I find that way like if if I'm going to see something alone too, because mm-hmm. because sometimes I'll get a, a you know two comps, sometimes not, and I don't mind going by myself mm-hmm. in any event. But I always manage to run into somebody. So I guess in that way, I still do have a sense yeah. of the theater community. It's just maybe not as social mm-hmm. as it used to be. But yeah, I know I know what you mean. That uh, yeah, it does really feel like kind of an insider's space it can. a lot. Um, it can. But yeah, I I think yeah, I don't know. Maybe if I hang out around there enough. Yeah, you can kind of see pockets of yeah. yeah. This is like kind of a shimmyzorama happening over here. Yeah. Or uh, or you know, there's just people here buying their tickets at the box office <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I never really thought of it that way. Just, um, I was just sort of thinking about about the fact that you know we're in December now. When we were talking about meeting for this, you were talking about how you mostly take December off. Yeah. Um, now is that because? 
um, November is such an insane month. I don't know about if this happens every year, but no- November seems to be a very popular month for opening things. Yeah, if that that would definitely be part of it. Um, the other part of it is that it's you know gearing up into the holiday season mm-hmm. and. Uh, and you know, as we touched upon earlier, yeah. making making space and time for for family, friends and family friends, yeah. and loved ones like yeah. that's really important to me. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, just to take a break because um, because I find uh, yeah, early fall can be just so intense with going to see stuff yeah. that it just seems like you know a natural kind of organic time to take a break. And then I also take a, a hiatus in June mm. as well because it's also a bit of a sl- I find it's a bit of a slower time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And also, you're, I'm just kind of gearing up. You're gearing up for fringe. For fringe and yeah. for summer works. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I find it, it works quite well. And it kind of is a nice, nicely spaced in terms of the break. Um, I'm seeing maybe about half a dozen shows hmm. this month. Most of them are holiday-related. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, you know, I'm making making time for, you know, Christmas gatherings and yeah. hanging out with friends and just relaxing a little bit, too. <laughs> just, like, sitting around and watching, you know... Rudolph on TV yeah, exactly, or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, in terms of, uh, of the, the calendar year, you know, November, the fall is such a crazy month. You've got July for Fringe yeah. and August for Summer August Works. For summer in terms of the rest of the... like, is it, Do you find that the other months of the year are slower? Is it... Does it sort of like follow that January, February, nobody uh, does anything and then... It can be, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I guess that also depends on what else is going on. Like if... Uh, if I may have, you know, some more you know, lit or mm-hmm. visual art or music stuff to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, more and more these days, I'm finding music is a bit more challenging to cover only because of, you know, just timing. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of a lot of shows can be, you know, 10 o'clock on a yeah. weeknight, and it's just like, guys, no, going, going to bed. Can't be out late on a school night, guys. I get I'm you. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I have a hard enough time going to, going to theater on a weeknight when the show might end at 10 o'clock, and I'm already looking at my watch thinking... Yeah. To go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially if you know you're traveling, because in some cases, I'm traveling anywhere from half an hour to over an hour. Oh well, if you're doing, if you're doing, if you're like, if you're doing a lot of the indie stuff and you're doing a lot of the community stuff, then you're not downtown so much. Yeah. Except yeah. maybe alumni. Um, yeah, you're you're mostly going like out to the suburbs or, or a little further. Yeah. Um, do you mostly do you travel? Do you TTC? Do you do you? I'm TTCing, yeah, yeah. yeah TTCing. So yeah, yeah, it can be, it can be. A show. What about shows that like there are shows that are, are happening now? And they're more often happening in interesting spaces. I'm, I'm thinking of um, Cat Sandler's Late Night. Yeah, which, that was cool. The interesting thing about that, was that very cool. I actually found that if I didn't know where that where the Zoomerplex was, I would have had a hard time finding it. Which is interesting because oh, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's not a space that you think of right. as a theater space, um, but it's also difficult because it that was a, absolutely the right space for that show. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, that yeah. show would not have been what it was in in its traditional theater space. Yeah. But then the fa- the audience getting there that's that's one of those difficult things. It, yeah. A hike. I guess I guess partly too it's a, it's a relatively new performance space mm-hmm. so yeah. once once again you know once word gets out a bit more yeah. I mean like like with any other new space mm-hmm. that people aren't familiar with like you know a lot of people didn't know you know where the box was yes, or where or the, you know or the red sandcastle or, or the red sandcastle right? yeah. storefront yeah. or yeah and some some of them are a little bit more off the beaten path than others um, 
yeah, earlier this year I was at uh, the Super Wonder Gallery, and I never even knew they had a performance space okay. there. It's like uh, Gossington and okay. Moore, hmm. uh, just east of there. And I was just like, wow, like you guys have this it's like gallery in the front and theater, little theater, little hmm. theater space in the back, and hmm. it was it was really kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think. Once pe- once once uh, spaces get established, word of mouth and, and social media kind of yeah take over and snowball and and, and people get used to it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see other productions actually at Zoomerplex. It really would because I mean the thing is that that late night was I mean it's set in a TV studio so you can't yeah. get more perfect than that. I'm wondering about other shows in that space and how they will work. Yeah, multi multimedia shows yeah. like uh, well something like um, the summoned, mm. uh, which is a multi multimedia yeah. kind of piece with screens and mm-hmm. stuff. Something like that might yeah. work in that space. Yeah, something yeah. where you're gonna be you're gonna be needing uh, you know a multi screen yeah, space. Yeah, I mean that kind of stuff will be perfect in there. Um, I don't I don't like I I wouldn't I don't think I'd want to see. A traditional, like a play that would work in a th- in a traditional theater there, it would almost yeah, be a waste yeah. of that space. Something that was yeah, something that was more multimedia that like featured like you know even live music performance mm-hmm. um, or mm-hmm. yeah live kind of you know TV crossover film yeah. crossover <clears throat> kind so of performance. You you've been doing just thought of you've been thinking about you've been doing uh, life with more cow cowbell for like six years you said almost yeah almost six years. Is there a, a like a, a, a trend in Toronto theater that you've been seeing, or a change that you've been seeing over those six years? Is there something that you're seeing more now than you didn't see six years ago? Uh, definitely m- more multimedia. Hmm. Yeah. Um, lots more really like interesting stuff being used with uh, projected images, whether it's moving images or mm-hmm. stills or mm-hmm. uh, or even texting. Okay. Uh, scenes of texting okay. where. That gets thrown up there. It's been very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and shadow, mm-hmm. uh, like puppetry and shadow puppetry, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. is is really really cool. Um, Site specific stuff too. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more. I mean, and not just at Fringe. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the Hogtown experience being a prime example, yeah, yeah. which Absolutely, was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, at one point I, I thought I thought, oh, what would this look like if they went into you know Casaloma or Dundurn Castle mm, or someplace yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that was larger yeah. or they could have, you know. That is one of the downsides that they have in that space is for that. I mean, Campbell House is not a huge space. No, but if they had more space, they could do so much, like yeah. even more. But as it was, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they they took us from the front lawn, and I spent mm-hmm. a lot of time before the show started on the front lawn, hanging out and mm-hmm. seeing what was going on, and then. And then, and then the fact that you're able to wander about mm-hmm. on your own afterwards, you know, yeah. you're, you're literally kind of choosing your own adventure you, from yeah. that point on. Like you're that whole um, sleep no more style immersive theater um, is one of those things. I think people like the, the immersive stuff is is one of those things that that we're turning to more and more to get people away from their Netflix and come out to see a show. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the question that a lot of people are asking themselves now is, 
how to get people out of the house. Yeah. Like, when yeah. they can be entertained at home, what can you offer them to get them away from the ease of just sitting on the couch? And I think you have to offer them something they can't get somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, it doesn't matter if it's, like, mm-hmm. multimedia or immersive or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think there's, for me, there's a huge difference between seeing live, you know, living and breathing actors performing 100%. on stage compared to, like, sitting in my living room watching TV or in the 100%. movie theater. And, you know, um, that's the thing that I think people who have experienced theater, they know that. The difficulty is those people who their experience of theater is only that one time every five years they go to see something at Mervish or, or something. that one time they went to see uh, Phantom of the Opera, where... Although the people are live, the fact that they're often mic'd sort of takes away from that. Um, yeah, the, the sense that you're seeing real people. They're going to see stage. like the big, the big blockbuster yeah. stuff, as opposed to the more intimate. Yeah. Um, perhaps smaller cast, mm-hmm. um, smaller space. And also, uh, yeah, maybe that can be also a little intimidating for people too, because it's because it is right there yeah. and you can yeah. be at some points very close like a few feet away like we are right now from each other you could be from the stage yeah. and, and seeing you know seeing this action but mm-hmm. yeah I think I think it's awesome shows like that and oh and shows like Blind Date which, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, which got yeah. its which, which got its queer version premiere mm-hmm. this year at Buddies I um, was talking with Rebecca so about that fun. before before she was launching that she was talking about they were that, that was an experiment they weren't sure it was going to work yep and uh, I'm so glad that it did oh it's so worked and it was mm. such a perfect space for mm. it and uh, and bringing you know Evelyn Perry on board mm-hmm. to yeah. you know be the other set of eyes and yeah. to kind of steer it because because yeah I mean one of the things during the talk back uh, after the performance I saw Rebecca mentioned is that it's not, oh it's not just you know making it a gay couple no no <laughs> or a lesbian no. couple it's um yeah, there are different dynamics at play. Yeah. There are, you know, things like, uh, you know, the scene where the cop pulls them mm-hmm. over. Whole different dynamic mm-hmm. happening when it's, you know, a same-sex couple in the car as opposed yeah. to, a, you know, a straight couple in the car. Yeah. Things that, you know, people maybe not would have they, even th- thought of. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. But but yeah, it was it was it was amazing. I, I was only able to see uh, Julie Orton's version, mm-hmm. uh, the two the two women version. So I wasn't able to see yeah. the guys. But it just I was just so excited and so happy to see yeah. it, and they and they did such a good job. I actually think that sometimes I think that that they were at this point where there's so much interesting stuff happening. Like Blind Date was this thing that started as a ten minute sketch at the Spiegel tent. That's right. Yeah, the ago. first time I saw it was yeah. at the Spiegel tent. And has yeah. now grown into this phenomenon yep. that is now that she performs but other people will perform and is now has the queer version and, and all these different ways um, to uh, uh, finding like different like this this all women measure for measure, the 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 the, the Hogtown experience and all of these things these exciting things that are that are happening uh, uh, here, just just in Toronto. Um, have you have you had the opportunity to see shows uh, in like cities outside of Toronto? Have you gone to Hamilton to see stuff? Are you traveling? Have you been to any fringes outside of Toronto? Uh, unfortunately, no. I have not made it to any fringes outside Toronto. And Hamilton Fringe, I'm going to have to try and make more of an effort to get out and see Hamilton Fringe. Last time, 
I have seen some shows at Theatre Aquarius mm-hmm. in Hamilton. It has actually, it has been a while since I was there. Uh, and actually, while the queer version of uh, Blind Date was on here, the, the, uh, the, the, the straight like, version, the straight was, version was, was playing at Theatre Aquarius. Theater Aquarius. Yeah. Uh, and my, uh, my youngest brother and his wife saw it. Mm. Um, uh, I've actually been able to make it out to... Shaw and Stratford, mm-hmm. the odd time over the mm-hmm. past few years. Um, very happy that they have a shuttle bus going to Stratford, and now Shaw will be mm-hmm. having a shuttle, shuttle bus as well. Um, but yeah, partly because I don't drive, yeah. uh, getting getting out to see that other makes, stuff that can makes be stuff outside bit, of Toronto difficult. Yeah. I mean, even just getting to Hamilton is. Yeah, you know it's funny because I did a show in Hamilton this past year, and the first thing that I, I thought was like, oh, how am I going to do that? First off, I knew I was going to stay there during the fringe, but just like the logistics of getting there, getting set up, and getting to know the area, <clears throat> and also convincing people I knew to get out there. Right. Well, at is, least with Hamilton, you have the Go Train. You which do, is, which is good. You do. It's, it's still people have this barrier yeah. between between Toronto and Hamilton. Oh my God! People have a barrier between west and east of Young Street here. And, and, <laughs> like it's north, like I and, don't, I and, don't go. Uh, and north of Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I used to. I remember. I remember. I used to have like when I was in my twenties. I had my border, which was like, uh, Par- I go Broadview to Dufferin, but never north of Bloor. And like, <laughs> right. like that. These were my my parameters that I wouldn't do. <laughs> and uh, like. But how how much was I limiting myself? It was, it was yeah. insane. People have these barriers, like um, doing a show in North York, like getting people from downtown to go to the, the North York Center. There's that oh, Eglinton yeah, barrier yeah. that we have, you know? Yeah. I won't go north of that. Um, do, do you... Are there locations that... And you don't have to name any, but are there locations where you, you see that in a press release and like, oh, I'm going to have to go there? Or are you like pretty um, adventurous? I'll kind of go, okay, that'll be a schlep. I'm going to have to plan for lots of time. <laughs> Unfortunately, Scarborough, just uh, like Scarborough players, just mm-hmm. because of where they're located and like bus times and stuff, it would just take so, it's so well, prohibitively long not easy for me to, to get travel to if you don't have a car. Yeah, and they it's just unfortunately not being able to see them yeah. just because of where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to Fairview Library Theater. I mean, even though it's on the on the Shepherd line, um, I find I'm increasingly increasingly mm-hmm. less comfortable going in the evening because yeah. coming out of there and having to just like schlep through the parking lot to get back to the oh, subway. Oh, because by the time the show's over, you can't go through the mall. Yeah, and when I'm by myself, that's kind of mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah so yeah. like I'm I'm going to be planning to if I go there, probably doing some matinees from mm-hmm. now on, mm-hmm. <laughs> unless yep. I'm going with someone. Um, Oh, and there's the other library theater space up by York University. Oh, I've never been up there. Alexander Showcase used uh-huh. to use back in the day. That was a schlep, and luckily, the couple times that I've gone up there, I was able to go with a friend who was driving. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Because, um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, a lot of places take over half an hour for me to get to mm-hmm. from where I live, and in most cases, an hour or more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you just kind of got to plan for it. Yeah. Uh, and in yeah. some cases, I'll I'll go out early and grab some dinner near the venue. That's um, I, I always find that's the the best thing to do is just to to do that and and uh, just that so you're close. Yeah. And, you know, so you're not one of those people who comes in late. Yeah. Which is always embarrassing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to do that. I mean, actually, yeah. I was almost. I was almost late for a show recently. 
uh, oh yeah, a better place. Uh, mm-hmm. Some alumni friends uh, are are doing production of Ramona Bailey's mm-hmm. show, Better Place, at the Factory Studio. And I had given myself plenty of time. I was basically two surface vehicles mm-hmm. down Bathurst, and all you know, TTC gods and you know, traffic gods yeah. were against me that night. And it took me probably it was like almost an hour and a half mm-hmm. to get there from my house, which should have taken forty-five minutes. Yeah. And uh, it was about ten to when I got there. Oh, and Sue, and Sue Edwardy was there at the, at the media desk, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. To me. Yeah, I yeah. left my house, you know, at six thirty or whatever. And uh, it's like, oh, it's okay. You know, I would have, I would have held the house for you, but you know, you don't want to yeah, do you that. Don't you, really you, you don't want to be that guy that people. You don't want to be that. You don't want to be that. And it's like I really had to pee, so no, like, thankfully yeah. I had just enough time yeah, to yeah. like get a program, go, you know, grab a seat, go mm-hmm. to the washroom. Yeah, um, yeah, I was not not yeah. pleased no. that night, but yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you can't always help that kind of thing. Yeah. That's that's always that's always really difficult. I know, you know, from working in the in front of house. Um, as I did for about, uh, I've done it a, a, a couple of times. Um, the you know, there's two kinds of late people. There's the people who, you know, they're clearly they're caught in traffic, they're flustered, they're they're you know nervous, and then there's the people yeah. who who uh, didn't really give a fuck anyway. Yeah. And uh, they're just sort of sauntering in. I would much rather deal with the with the person person who's flustered because yeah. I know that they've you know obviously something has happened and the person yeah they were making an effort to be yes. on time yeah, the person but, who didn't make an effort yeah. you know but uh, yeah and people who are like yeah just so blase you know blase arriving yeah. for like an eight o'clock curtain like ten after eight five or, after you know, eight yeah and it's like. like Wow, you're lucky. Or in some cases, that the house was already held, and yeah. then in other cases, you know, they're kind of you know quietly creeping in wow. or whatever. And it's just uh, like wow. There's so many really? people who just sort of like they showed up at like five after eight, and they don't even care, but they're amazed at the how the show started. Yeah, and that they're gonna have to wait to go in, which is always like, <laughs> oh yeah. no, no, of course oh, we're just gonna yeah, yeah. we're gonna stop everything and let you go in. People are. Audiences are so weird sometimes. Yeah, and now you have to be careful because some shows are starting at seven thirty or even seven o'clock, and I'm always super paranoid that I'm, I'm going to get the time wrong. The, I'm always like, <laughs> like if I get if I get an email, if I get a ticket, whatever it is, I'm I check it like I check it so many times. I make sure yeah. that I put it in my calendar at the right time, and I'm still Where checking it again. What time is it? Because that's the thing is like, does it start at eight? I think it starts at eight. Did it start at seven thirty? I went to see when I went to see Measure for Measure. I was going with a with a friend. We were convinced that we started at eight o'clock, so we figured that we, you know, we we're like at the Starbucks and we we're sitting down and we're, um, you know, having some coffee. And then we said, or I said, well, okay, I guess, you know, well, six thirty is too early. But you know, if we go over at at, uh, at uh, twenty two, we'll be fine. You know, it's not too early to go over there. We go over. There's a sign on the door saying latecomers will be seated at like twenty after twenty two. We're like, what? Latecomers. Uh... So we'd miss right. the start. We were those pe- we were those assholes oh, who like man. get into the last like during the break. It was just like, we were so embarrassed and, and again didn't check the didn't check the ticket. So oh you know. man, yeah, that's just yeah. <laughs> I'm so paranoid of that. And and I think I kind of I kind of got that way into the checking and the double checking, especially mm. during fringe. Yeah, when you're seeing you know me 
I won't see more than three shows in a day because I just I just can't. No, your brain will, Your brain can't more than can that. Take it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like I'm making. I'm double checking the venue, making mm-hmm. sure I'm going to the right place, making sure I have the time right. And it's just like oh my god, and yeah, because I do not want to be that guy, and then no, I, I, I do not want to be the guy whose cell phone goes off. So I'm like, yeah, I always I always have like a specific calendar. Like I have my Google calendar and I have my fringe calendar. It'll be all the shows that I'm going to see, and I always like very carefully copy over. The, yeah. the thing I think you know somebody who really wanted to like if they had uh, a, like uh, an iCal link in on on their website for like you say this show here's the thing you buy your ticket online get you know get your calendar link they would save me so much time oh wow you know, yeah so like, like, just that kind of thing just download that load it on your on your on your on your calendar and then you wouldn't have to copy over all that stuff right but, right. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Yeah. Anyone who's uh, creating apps. Yeah, exactly. Out there. Exactly. Think about that. <laughs> um, so we can find you online at uh, lifewithmorecowbell.com. That's right. Uh, on Twitter. On Twitter. At, at Life More Cowbell. Life More Cowbell. Awesome. Uh, on Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, Life With More Cowbell. Awesome. And Instagram. Life With More Cowbell. I'm actually on Instagram. Yeah. That's funny. You know what's funny? <laughs> Trying to figure out, because like, I have, I obviously I have, I have, I have a, 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 a Instagram account. The question is like, what I'm, what, a, what to post on Instagram right. for the podcast? Is there something when you're posting on on Instagram? Are you posting? Uh, what is it that you choose to post on the Life with More Cowbell Instagram? Um, a lot of it is just kind of me, mm, kind okay. of in my life. But mm-hmm. then that, but then uh, I, I also recently started this. Just kind of series of photos, taking mm. an actual cowbell, which my brother gave me for Christmas <laughs> one year, and and doing little photo photo things around the city, like neat mm. neat places, uh, you know, for pride. I had a little pride flag, nice. with a cowbell. Yeah, uh, I'll do something with the holiday at some point, nice. or I'll take it to like a neat sculpture or a neat building <laughs> uh, in the city. And uh, I kind of uh, I kind of got away from doing that because you know you're busy and life yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. So yeah, I want to get back to doing that again. Yeah, I've got a photo by Casaloma. Nice, nice. The cowbell. Cool. Um, yeah, I have. Uh, oh yeah, on the, the the bar at Alumni, <laughs> where it all started. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. So uh, yeah, I'll post stuff like that. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the odd pictures of the cat. <laughs> things like every, that. Every little picture of cats. <laughs> Kathy, well, this has been this has been really great. Thank you so much yeah, for talking to me today. Thanks very much, Phil.